Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you done yet? We gotta start the show. What's up, Bruins fans? We are back after a little hiatus last week. We apologize for that. We apologize to our sponsor, betonline.ag. We'll talk about them later. But coming in hot with my friend Heather hey, in Kingsbury, hey. Massachusetts. How's it going? And, all right. And Mark, all right, live from Providence, Rhode Island. Yes. Uh, yeah, at the Hilton, right next door to the uh, Dunkin' Donut Center in Providence and enjoying my uh, my short weekend here. Um, got into Providence on Friday afternoon and uh, went to the first game of military appreciation um, last night. And second game is tonight. So really stoked about that but yeah and um, i would like to personally apologize to bet online ag and all our listeners uh definitely i was not very well at all last sunday and thank you mark and our listeners and bet online ag so that my bad but i'm coming i have all this pent up two weeks of energy to talk to you about your representing down at providence bruins we're going to talk about a little bit about that some of that and I'm just ready to talk hockey with you, my friend. It's been too long. Now there's all these things to talk about. I got all this energy, so I'm ready to go. Let's go. All right. Let's start the show properly, shall we? That was a little Jeff Merrick there. I love that guy. But the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast is powered by betonline.ag and in partnership with the Black and Gold Production Sports Media Company. This is Season 6, Episode 252, and we kindly ask that you subscribe to our weekly Bruins Hockey Talk on all worldwide audio, podcast platforms, and video content on our related Black and Gold Hockey Podcast YouTube channel. We would certainly appreciate the support on both platforms. All right, Heather, let's get started with the Boston Bruins Hockey Talk, as we always do, except for last week. But we are back. We are back. Hey, people get sick. I totally understand it. Everyone forgives us. We do generally show up every week. The thing is, is it was um, it was really tough for uh, to get anything going last week, so I just called it. I called it a day. So it was a. It was one of those. uh, fuck it moment. So I'll just yeah. drop the up well, right now. You did try to drum up some people to maybe at least help coming. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I'm saying to you, I'm sorry, I didn't even get to finish typing the agenda. So I felt bad because I'm like, now you can't even open it up and talk to yourself for an hour. <laughs> Could have done both your podcasts in one show, man. Sorry know, about right? that. But yeah, we're ready to go. Bet Online AG just heating up. Not the Bruins so much. They're hot, cold still, but there's a lot of action out there. Oh, yeah. Happens. Totally thank forgot you, about Online that. AG. No, I just want to totally say thank forgot. you again to our sponsor. Totally forgot about that. We do have to talk about show sponsor, betonline.ag. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all your basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your bonus. That's CLNS50. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. All right, we're back um, talking Boston Bruins hockey talk. And if you do, please um, do want to place any wages on any of tonight's action or this week's action in any of the sports around the world, please go to betonline.ag and use that code CLNS50, please. All right, Heather, we are back. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right, here we are. Well, I thought maybe I'd just start with a little reality check to put in perspective where we generally are as uh, the well, where the Bruins are. We're just here to rant about them, I guess, uh, good and bad. Uh, but we played 11 games, and we're currently six in the Atlantic with 12 points, and that makes us not even in the wild card race. Obviously, it is only November. We are not off the ledge kind of people, so we get that. But we are creeping closer to Mark's uncomfortable data around Thanksgiving. So, But we'll talk about this. Uh, we're 13th in the conference. That's right, 13th. And we barely beat Ottawa the other day in a pretty – not nice. It, everyone's a win, like good, bad, and ugly, but we'll talk about that too. We're good at home, not so good away, which stinks because we do kind of have a split schedule on that still. This schedule has been ridiculous. We're back to another like big giant gap again, but we're split about 500, the uh, 10 games. So really most of our season, because we've only played 11. So that's the thing. So let's talk about Tuesday, shall we? Versus the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. Sure. All right. Well, Luckily, we did win. I don't think it was a very clean win, but we did defeat the Senators 3-2. to two. Um, Stanika was in the lineup, which everyone was all in a frenzy of. Uh, Marshawn scored on the power play from Pasternak. And McAvoy, uh, Derek Fober, who has been on my list for a while of duds uh, from Coyle and Hall. That doesn't mean now I love him. Uh, and Bergeron scored from Pasternak and McAvoy. So on one hand, that's just the simple things to start. Uh on one hand, good. We won. Points are good. Yeah. On the other hand, we still didn't play all 60. We still made it tougher on our goaltender. We still only had the top line really showing up to consistently contribute to any scoring that was going on. So do you have any thoughts on Tuesday? It wasn't a horrible game. I don't want to make it ne like negative, but it was not like a awe-inspiring effort either. Yeah, I, I was, um, the two points are two points, and and mm -hmm. you got to that's what you got to do to climb these standings these days. And and we're, we're getting back to uh, you know normalcy when it comes to 
the uh, divisions and we're seeing more teams that we didn't last year. Um, but uh, that's, that's no excuse. Um, you have to be prepared for teams, no matter if they're uh, the top echelon of the league or the bottom of the division or whatever. Um, but I'm, I'm just really tired of this Boston Bruins team playing down to their to their competition. And that's exactly what happened on Tuesday night against the Ottawa Senators. Mm. Um, I think they really could have blown that team out of the water. I, but and it's like the full 60. you got to be there. You just can't be there for the first period and then the next 40 lay down and, and lay an egg. So um, mm. I'll take the two points. Uh, you know, that's that's definitely a, a, a plus. Uh, there was some definitely there was some good you know good spots in the game, but there's also some really bad ones, and the turnovers continued to to hamper this team. So um, that's all. Also penalties. I was gonna say. I mean, stay out of the, the box, man. That's Jesus. frustrating. As we had 36 shots on goal, and we only got three goals. Like that's frustrating because this team has plenty of talent, even if it's not hop heavy and high end talent and we only have a few sprint but that's what most teams are you're constructed in different levels but 30 we weren't very good in the face off 58% against the Ottawa Senators when we have some of the best you know statistically centers or whatever i don't know but Swayman did get uh the win so good on him uh I don't know what goaltending we can talk about later, but you're right. I can't deal anymore with the turnovers. It's driving me insane. And it's yeah. not even like turnovers that they need to be making. You know, sometimes you turn the puck over. Okay, cool. I get that. Right. But like, this is like in our own end, we're actually creating situations where we're kind of scoring on our own selves at this point, at some points in these games. And that's a little bit frustrating on that, but two points is two points. Um, yeah. I don't, with that uh, being said, I guess uh, just a few things about Tuesday's game. Uh, that was Bruce Cassidy's 200th win as the Boston Bruins head coach. So good on Bruce Cassidy, who I'm, I don't know, getting a little frustrated with. As much as he may be frustrated with Taylor Hall, I'm getting a little frustrated with him, but we'll talk about that too. But congratulations, coach, 200 games. Again, in a system that's notorious for one- to two-year coaches overall, and we've only had a few just like his predecessor, he's looking <laughs> – Looking at settling in over these years and being very successful, like the other men who have held that position for more than 18 months in time. I got a question. Is that his 200th NHL win or is that his 200th no. Boston Bruins win? No, it was 200th at the Boston Bruin. I did okay. not get a chance. I wanted to circle back to see what his thing. I can look it up real quick if you want. No. Uh, what his overall no, NHL right. record was, but it was the bo as Boston Bruins head coach. What a story, though. You know, I mean, uh, Coaching in the Washington Capitals uh, organization, um, you know, having a, I think a not a very good year, but decent year as a as a uh, head coach, a rookie. Uh, the second year was obviously the, the downfall, which got him fired. And um, ultimately, I believe, if my history is correct, uh, him being bad at coaching the cat for the Capitals was the um, the catalyst to get um, Alexander Ovechkin with that first round pick. So. Um, I don't remember the exact details, but I do know that yeah. they actually were a good team. Like the team wasn't playing bad, but he lost his players and they mutinied. And that yeah. means if they all say you got to go, usually we're like, dude, calm down. Coach is back. Apparently you need to go. But, but like after, said, but after, but after that, it was the story of um, resiliency to be, to be honest. Um, and going to the, I believe the, uh, the Canadian junior and then to the East coast hockey league and then the AHL and getting back into the NHL with the Boston Bruins was a, uh, it's a really cool story. I like, I like 
uh, Cassidy as a coach too, but I'm with you as well. I just, sometimes I don't like the decision-making and uh, some of the evaluations he makes, but you know, that's, that's what we do as we can be critical of, of certain things. Um, but it's, it's, it's not the end all be all on his career and how, uh, uh, if he's a good or bad coach or anything like that, I'm not going to go into like, he's terrible and this and that, but um, you know, congratulations on 200. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I'm not like, oh, bow down. Cassidy's the god of all coaches. But I mean, I respect a dude that can win 200 games. He's been a good, you know, although he frustrates me sometimes his style of coaching. He has been a perfectly fine coach since he's taken over the helm and continued. I mean, between him and Julian, we've now had a long, long time of like really being a pretty dominant team in the league one of the top sure we didn't get as many cups as we wanted or whatever we can cry about that forever sure our drafts haven't gone sometimes the way they wanted sorry that's my weekly everyone if, I'm, at this point if anyone even says the year 2015 i'm gonna snap i don't know he Awful has silence. we always talk no we always talk about how certain people have a you have to have a bruinsness about you to actually stay in this town and not just make your way through and obviously Cassidy has something bruiny in him naturally. Uh, you know, maybe it's the toughness from him being, you know, when he was a player, maybe it's a, you know, um, whatever, just something about him is very bruiny and I guess we'll keep him around. He's not bad, you know, <laughs> like he's someone that we can, uh, probably hopefully keep through at least the rest of his contract and maybe it will pick up pace because if not, I'm not renewing. No, I'm just kidding. Um, all right. So, I'm sorry. I, in all full disclosure, I was uh, trying to drag out some stuff to get to the Colby Cave stuff because it's making me very sad. So that being said, let's talk about something that was weird. So Taylor Hall, even on a day now, don't get me wrong, Taylor Hall made some mistakes there on Tuesday. But was it weird for Cassidy to bench Taylor Hall? Even if he was the problem a little bit at times, he's the guy you're going to bench when you're barely winning a game against the Ottawa Senators. Did you find that to be weird? Speaking of coach Cassidy decisions. I mean, he's a coach. What? I, I did, but also um, I like the way that he puts uh, accountability uh, up and down that bench. And if you're, it doesn't matter if you're a rookie or you're a veteran in this league that that school has a lot of goals in his career and probably won an Art, Art Ross Trophy back in the day. I'm not to totally sure on my research there, but um, you know, th this team needs to um, needs to come together a little bit better. And and some of those leaders like Taylor Hall, uh, if they have to be examples, then let it be. Um, it, it's all a motivating factor uh, when it comes to being the bench boss and those decisions like that. So. Uh, I was good with it, but, um, you know, he's got to respond too, you know, and I understand that that was a really tough game for him and, and fans to watch and obviously the coaching staff to, to endure. But, um, you know, sometimes that, you know, even, even your best players in the league get called out and, and have to sit for, um, you know, a, a remainder of a period or a game. Yeah. And I understand that needs to happen, but it just seems this goes back, I guess, sometimes when we say this is a weird time to make this decision, you know, sometimes with Cassidy, like I get you're frustrated too and you want to like send a message, but like maybe send a message with some of those middle sixer, like bottom sixers that are really struggling to not really help the situation or, you know, like your job, even if you're stepping in for a couple of games because someone injured is to help, help, not, you know, 
just be more of not doing anything. So I don't know. I, I just thought that was weird. Uh, I guess in, one last thing about Tuesday, uh, Trent Frederick went out with a lower body injury. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how much of an impact do you think this is going to make? I thought the fourth line was actually playing well on Tuesday. I will say that, but uh, I'm just wondering, as we've said, it's kind of non at times non-existent within our bottom six. Like, are we really going to feel the impact of him being out? Or do you think it's going to be more of the same, just plug and play kind of how the feels been the, at least at the start of the season? I think it's more or less going to be the plug and play game uh, at this point. I, I don't, I mean, like you said, that there's really no explosiveness on that bottom six uh, right now. We do have some very good complementary players, but maybe it's a chemistry issue at this point right now that we're still early enough in the season that these guys haven't had, you know, enough time to, you know, fully uh, complement each other and know know exactly where they're going to be and so on. Uh, The loss of Trent Frederick, in my opinion, is pretty substantial. Um, he does add a little bit of physicality, not as much as he did when he first came into the league and so on. Um, but I still think he's a decent player. I'm not going to go out and just, you know, say he's the best. We definitely need him in the lineup and so on. But um, we also don't want to lose a player like that if he needs to go to Providence through the waiver process because every team in the NHL right now is looking for a Trent Frederick, regardless if you like the player or not. Um, he does have some uh, skill sets and, and some attributes that could be – um, well used in, in other areas of this league. So, um, um, yeah, I, I just hope he's all right. Trent's a great kid, good interview. And I've been uh, pretty much following him in his career since uh, 2016 when he was picked in the first round. So um, hopefully he gets better. Uh, and I did see the replay that he did get up from the hit, but then what, as he's skating towards the bench, it was a little wobbly, a little weak in the knees a little bit. So, um, hopefully um, everything is okay with him because we don't we don't um, like to uh, you know make fun of injuries or head injuries or anything like that. You know the brain is a very very um, susceptible um, important uh, piece in in your body. So and you want to take care of that at the best of your ability. So thoughts go out to him, the player, and the organization. Well, I, yeah, well, yeah, I feel I obviously fundamentally, we always say we don't care how we feel about a player. We don't want anyone hurt or, you know, like, obviously we want everyone healthy. Um, I, It's strange to me because I do. And I, you know how I feel. I feel like a lot of our players are the same player and they're pretty much you can put whoever in there. I just it's early in the season and I do try to give the benefit of the doubt, like you said, like especially on the bottom six. Felino got hurt. Lazar was out like they, they're. They haven't had as much time as the top six to really be a little more consistent. But even there, Craig Smith was out, right? Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see what he's out. But he made the team. So, you know, I know we'll talk about Oscar seeing got recall, whatever, things like that. But um, he made the team. And if he gets healthy sooner than later, he's probably going to just be right back where he was. Do you know what I mean? Something they gave him the chance this year. And no player, I think, once you've are on the team are just getting bumped up, bumped off after a three game injury. Unless someone comes up from Providence or someone that's in the mix really starts to overwhelmingly shine. That's Trent Frederick's spot at this point when he gets back. We always say that, right? When you make last cuts until you prove otherwise, that's your spot. And he, I don't know, hopefully he's okay though. That's fundamentally that. Uh, Okay, so that being said, because we didn't get to record last week, we did not get to say happy uh, Veterans Day and Remembrance Day for 2021. So thank you to all of those who serve 
both the United States and Canada and really anybody's military, you know, people who serve their country, but particularly in North America. Thank you very much for those who are serving right now and those who have served and certainly all the people that we have lost. Again, for anybody who forgets, the poppy is important to remember. Uh, it's been over 100 years that at least, you know, Western Europe and the United States and Canada and Australia and other places have celebrated uh, the beginnings of this memorial for the Great War. So poppies in Flanders Field, all that. Uh, and thank you for those of you who let us do this damn podcast because you're out standing on a wall somewhere. Sacrifice. Absolutely. So, thank Absolutely. You. Um, yes, thank you very much for everybody's service, uh, whether you're currently active or um, a member of the past that, um, you know, put your life on the line for us on a daily basis. That is just the utmost class act, in my opinion. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the uh, the uh, military appreciation weekend later on when I'm as I'm down here in Providence covering both weekend games. But um, it's been fun. It's been really cool to see. So uh, it's been a really cool uh, couple of days when you when you with about our military. Absolutely. And it should be more than one day. And everyone always says that. But really, thank always thank the people that, you know, and if you know, don't see someone you don't know, I always say, you know, you see someone with their Korean War, you know, Navy vet hat on, say thank you. Because you know what? <laughs> Again, like the P, I always remember, try to remember I live in a country where nobody makes you serve in the United States military. In few circumstances have we ever had a draft. Other countries might make you serve it. So the people who are serving us and defending our country and our freedoms, they do that by their own free will. And that's probably the most selfless act you can do because you never know, you know what you might be in for. You never know what you're going to get and hats off all the way around for that. So I just wanted to mention that. So before we get into Thursday's game, it's very important that we mention that it was Colby cave night when we played the Oilers on Thursday. Oh geez, I'm already getting worked up. Um, we all know Colby cave passed away unexpectedly. Uh, well, he ended up passing away 25 years old and his wife, Emily, has really taken up the cause with his foundation to keep the dreams and hopes that they had as he had, uh, you know, a platform and a voice and their power as an athlete and, you know, what they could do and really move it forward. And I, first of all, I just want to say Emily Cave is awesome. She's probably never going to listen to this, but she is just a very strong person and uh, you're doing great things. And I know sometimes the world's beating you up online and stuff, but keep your head high because you're right. And your husband, I'm sure, is very proud of you. So, yeah, that's uh, cool. Colby was a very good uh, person, um, good player, uh, hard worker, um, always there for somebody else, uh, a teammate, and so on. And and the legacy that um, Emily is carrying on for Colbs um, is, is is huge. Um, and I don't want to ever see this happen to anybody uh, that I personally know or a hockey player or anybody else around um, the hockey community because it's 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 really tragic on on everything. So on every level. Um, but uh, what a class act for both organizations, the Boston Bruins and the Edmonton Oilers to plan this day of, of remembrance and um, and have uh, Colby's wife, um, Emily, in the house to drop the puck. Um, and what got me the most was obviously her being out in the ice representing Colbs, who was uh, obviously, you know, looking down on everybody on that night and, you know, that particular moment. But was the um, after the puck drop was the 
the uh, the embracing, the emotions um, as she left the ice, uh, going up and down the lineups, uh, the hugs, um, and I, I think the the one that really uh, really tugged on my heartstrings the most was Brad Marchand at the end, um, you know, really embracing Emily and so on, and uh, so. Yeah, let's well, move on. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I just want to say a thing. And also, it, last night she was in Providence, right, down with yes. – uh, we'll talk about Texas. it later. So it's great that they were uh, surrounded by family and friends. It was good, I think, for both uh, sets of his hockey family and whatever to be able to be together a little bit for that. But that being said, the Bruins found – they did the 50-50 raffle to, uh, you know, to benefit the Colby Cave Memorial Fund, fund or whatever, but – they're still uh, raffling or uh, auctioning off the used sticks from that game. If you go to uh, Bruins Foundation, the auctions, you can see it there. And it's not, it's both teams, and some of the sticks are really expensive. I mean, all the starting goods are pretty good because it goes to a good cause, but some of the sticks are getting really high up there. And there's some people I were surprised their stick had that big of a bit on it. It was like, whoa, everybody's got their fans. But if you can, if you have the ability to, you're looking for maybe. Christmas presents, whatever you want to do, you want to support the fund and you can get a really cool, awesome thing if you have the you know ability to. So definitely go there and that goes till November 22nd. I just wanted to make sure that we got that in. So if you hear this, you'll have plenty of time still if you want to get in there. Uh, what's the, what's the website, stuff. Heather? Uh, it's just, if you go to Bruins Foundation, like if you just put in search like Bruins Foundation auctions, it'll send you to the page. Okay. You probably just you. go to bostonbruins.com too and find that. Yeah, it's probably under, I would assume is under like the fan or community yep. banner under there. But that's all I did was just put auction, you know, Bruins Foundation auctions and it sent me right to the current page. And then it even has like what maybe upcoming things are if there are other uh, future auctions you'd like to support. So anyways, Cole, but we just want to say, you are awesome. Everybody loved you. It was sad when you went to Edmonton, and obviously, it's been a long year. And Miss Emily, I know we are all proud, and I'm sure he is too. That being said, <laughs> the Edmonton Oilers. Now, in the beginning, it looked like we might actually could win this game. Right? It was a pretty good game. We lost five to two or three. What was it? Five to two or three or whatever. I can't remember. Jesus. I'm all upset thinking about Colby cave. Let me get myself together for a second. Uh, it was all right. And then we didn't play the last 60 minutes of the game or so actually made the situation worse. And, uh, yeah, it was an ugly loss. I thought on Thursday, I wish we did not have to think about it. What say you? The, um, yeah, the game was, was, I thought it started really good. And I was like, wow, this is, um, you know, one of those games that um, that the the Bruins actually showed up. They lost five to three. Heather. I had to look up myself. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say that. I just in my head, I knew it was five to three. Go ahead, hun. The game so, itself. So, yeah, I mean, the first period was all right. They came out with a little bit of a jump in this step. Well, um, you know, it was this is gonna probably be a really good game. Um, and I thought it was a good game, back and forth. But there was so many mistakes. When when the Edmonton Oilers put the pressure on after the Bruins took the lead, and then ended up you know just the Bruins would score, and then it would take seconds later that the Edmonton Oilers would score and eat a tire to go ahead. That was the most frustrating thing was you were not prepared for anything after you got the, a goal. You just I mean basically just it, the foot was off the gas and you let that team just skate right into your zone and just manhandle you right to the net. 
until they got they got the goal. And I just thought that there was uh, a lot of missed assignments, uh, really disappointing play. Um, and I mean, you had the game. I mean, it's just I, I don't understand this Boston Bruins team and the and the effort they they play at when they have the lead and containing it, holding it. I mean. It's just it's the most frustrating thing for me, and and I, I was at the Trinity Brew House having a beer and a Reuben yesterday, watching the replay of the game, and I'm just like looking, and I'm just like, damn. I mean, look at the uh, the gap control is not there for the Bruins team when it comes to defensive minded play. Um, too much puck chase and too much watching, you know. Uh, and I understand that uh, Connor McDavid's a, a world class player. I understand that Leon Draisaitl is a world class player, and it's a it, it might be a little overwhelming to get those two on the same line or or even a power play against those guys. But you just gotta buckle down and play safe hockey, no matter who or what the talent is on the other side, because that is the most frustrating thing. Was you miss assignments and you it, you look like you're overwhelmed in the play. So. Uh, tough one to tough one to lose, but um, you know there's things to be learned about this. Uh, we need to play better against our our top echelon teams, as I mentioned earlier, and um, you know obviously play better against the lower teams too. But these are points that you you need early in the season because it's not going to get any easier as the um, regular season continues. Yeah, uh, Anton Bleed was in. We had uh, 29 shots on goal. We were just looking. 0 for 3 on the power play. The penalties were better. We didn't have a lot of penalties, thank God, because that's driving me insane. Uh, pretty physical. Uh, I kind of feel bad for Allmark because this is why. This game should have been 10 to friggin' 3 at points. First period, all right. Like I said, if any, if anything we get out of this game and Dreisaitl and McDavid don't score 10 goals on us, that'll be great, right? And again, they have other great players. I'm not trying to... Just, but looked good first period. Second period, all right, we're whole. Yeah, wow, it's like a tight game. Go back and forth, like you said. There's some mistakes happening, but okay, whatever. It's still kind of a tight game. No one's, you know, they're not taking off. Third period, what in the actual hell was happening on the ice at times? It really. At one point, I'm pretty sure I don't remember who it was. Might have been Carlo. Didn't like Carlo and Allmark combined to score in their own our own selves or something. Was that the no, game? No, it was it was Carlo. Carlo was like trying to feather a pass over and and muffed it. And Drysidle yeah. was right there just to like throw it top shelf or right over right over Allmark. Yeah, I my point was being although uh Allmark can uh get his shots in about how this game went overall, the goaltending to me is not the problem. Yes, he and even Swayman at you know, they have to be the best they can be and they can be better, whatever, until we figure out the defense or the def defensive structure. Like you said, it's team defense, not just the actual defense, which is a little bit of a mess, but team defense, like our goaltending, you know, they can't all be supermen all the time. You know, you also have to like get the puck out of your goaltender's end. They can't be solely responsible for trying to not let the puck go in because sometimes like the other day, Allmark couldn't get up in time. You know, he makes like the initial sit, but like, that's why you're there, man, to help him out till he can get back in position. Like, I, I don't know. I just, yeah, that's what I was talking about the defensive assignments. It's like, yeah. you know, the, your goaltenders, your goaltenders, regardless if it's all Marcus Swayman, are there to make that first save. But when you're, 
when you're down and out and you don't have the uh, athleticism, not saying that they don't and they're not athletic, but that extra push to get back into the play, that's when you need your defensive structure to melt down. I mean, buckle down and get those loose pucks. Use the glass. Uh, uh, you know, don't fire it into the stands. I'm so sick of that. But, uh, you know, use the glass. Get it out of the zone safely. Don't ice it and so on. But just – just be better at the play. And I know I'm talking from a guy that's just a basic an analyst and so on and never really played the game at a professional level. Totally get it. But it's just the stuff that we see that can be so aggravating sometimes. Mm. Well, in the end, though, we are fans and we're the ones that are consuming the product. And that's the reason why we're invested, right? So, yes. like, again, I always correct. say I can handle – the team losing. I'm not a fucking sissy. I've been a friggin' Boston Bruins fan my whole <laughs> life. Okay. But I cannot stand watching a period like that. The third period. And again, even the Ottawa game, like we won, but like we should have easily beaten Ottawa, even if we're mediocre and they're the worst in the thing, but they're, it's not like they're a horrible team. They have some people that can score, you know? So again, there's no playing up or down. Do you play all the teams the same way? But we'll talk about that a little bit. Maybe part of the problem is we don't know who we are as a team anymore. And maybe that's why we can't adapt to play other teams. Uh, did I write anything else down on there? But Patrice Bergeron still got a gold star. Uh, he was one of the three stars of the game, him and Dreisaitl and McDavid. Like you knew that was going to happen. Uh, Pasternak uh, had a good game on himself. He scored a goal from Bergeron. And Marsh, he had gotten assist with Grizzlick on Marshawn's goal. And Carlo, who I was very happy when he scored. And when he scored, it was like, yeah, buddy, we can beat the Oilers. Hold the line. Hold. Why can't they hold? Just hold. Like, yeah. keep it together. You're good enough to win. Why do you always do this? Why do you always want to play? Uh, you're always playing crazy because you're not keeping control of the game at times. What do, they, or, what do they call that back in the day? Or Frank Cusick back in the day and Derek Sanderson when they were doing TV 38. Would they call it ticky-tacky hockey? Oh, remember, yeah. that, remember that term, the ticky-tacky? <laughs> yeah. Also, Charlie McAvoy is playing insane minutes. He definitely is the new Chara. And we're like that because we're taking stupid penalties and always have to be on the PK. That being said, our PK has been pretty good. It's like in the top third of the league. Uh, but I would prefer if our power play was more productive because that's how you score goals. You, although every now and then freakishly Marshawn will get a shorthanded goal just to, just because again, I'm not mad at Brad Marshawn is about the only player on the ice. I'm not particularly peeved at on some. It really has. Well, um, we have a couple games. We'll talk about them later, but we are playing today on Saturday, the uh, 13th, and tomorrow on the 14th, we get to finally play Montreal again, who is actually worse than us statistically, so there's some hope. I can't deal with there. But that being said, for the two games that were this week, or even generally, because we didn't get to talk about last week's games, and we won't, but if there's – do you have any studs and duds over the last, you know, five games or whatever that we've – uh, wow. I really haven't thought much about this. Um, I would say my dud for this week would uh, be Taylor Hall. Um, not, you know, just, you know, immediately calling him out and, ha you know, calling for his head, but uh, players like him and his skill level need to be better. Um, my stud, I think my stud would have to go to, um, uh, this is a tough one. I know it's so hard to choose. <laughs> I know it's got to be Brad Marchand. Just by the way, he's playing, been playing kind of like you know, taking the uh, the team on his shoulders, um, leadership role, and so on. But uh, yeah, so let's go with uh, Brad. I, I really didn't do much investigating into my studs and duds oh, yeah. this week. 
Yeah, this is just generally like a in your own mind, like, yeah, we're not talking. It doesn't have to be stat-based or whatever because sometimes a player is playing just fine, but it's just they're irking you for some reason. Um, well, sometimes I have to, I have to say, look at the stats um, when right. we do studs and duds and, and look at the play over the past. I do like to take a little bit of time to, uh, yeah. you know, get a, a good evaluation about what I'm talking about. Yeah, I just meant for this week. It's fine to just have someone or not off the top of your head. Um, I think that, I don't know, generally De Derek Fulber bothers me if he's supposed to be one of my top four defensemen. And even though he scored a goal, I'll give you credit for that. You're still not, you're still not what we're doing to try and we're still working two years into fixing what our defense is supposed to look like in the top four. And buddy, you're, you could be it, but you're not it right now. And I need you to be better because no offense to Connor Clifton and them, but like, you're not the people I'm currently relying on to like be solid on the, I just, if you're going to play with Charlie McAvoy, I'm going to need you to be a little bit more, or I'm going to need coach Cassidy to just put Grizz with McAvoy. That's where I'm at. Okay. And then just let the right. second line struggle. Sorry, Brandon Carlo. Uh, but my real dud this week, I think is Eric Halla. I really like Eric Halla. And when Eric Halla is playing well, like he's a real, he's, he's shown like he's good at contributing to this team. And I don't know if it's because the lines have been wonky or whatever else, uh, I don't think that I'm not saying I think him and DeBrusque haven't still been, you know, whatever. Uh, they were better, though, with Felino, And now Felino has been back and we will just mention him in a minute. But Felino was not with they weren't all together again. You know, like, this goes back to, like you said, chemistry. It's a little weird to me. Uh, that's all right. But I'm going to have to give him my dot of the week. And all day long, like Brad Marchand is the most consistent thing we have. And. We all love Bergie and Pasta's the superstar, but Patrice Bergeron, uh, Patrice Bergeron and David Pasternak would probably both agree that Brad Marchand is the backbone of this team. So shout out to you, heart winner in our own heads and minds. Okay, so that's that. Studs and duds. Okay, so Nick Felino's back. Good to have him back. Uh, did we notice him? Uh, I'm just excited because I love Nick Felino. I like his, you know, it. He, I think, helped get everyone going. It's like a fresh breath of air experience. Yeah, uh, great to have him back. Um, and he, it was immediately known uh, about his presence. Uh, I like the way that Nick gets in the uh, opposing face of other players when he seems to get maybe somebody's taking a little bit of liberties on his teammates and so on. Um, good leadership guy right there. Good locker room dude. Uh, but uh, above all, just good to see him back healthy and so on and um, ready to contribute because uh, he's the type of player that has that uh, versatility uh, that can bounce around all four lines and pretty much play all three positions uh, at each level offensively. So uh, he's more or less the, the plug-and-play type of veteran style that Bruce Cassidy and the Boston Bruins management uh, gravitate to when they're looking for those free agent signings um, each offseason. So. Um, I believe that he, he adds a lot of value to this team, uh, a lot of character and so on. But also I believe that he's the type of player that can create and bring back the, the identity that this team seems to be missing mm. in the uh, past few games, few weeks. And th that might be construed of, of what the schedule is too, because we've, we've talked several times about this in previous podcasts about the Bruins schedule and the way everything's just so spaced out. And we'll definitely talk about that sooner or later when we talk about the games that are coming up this week. Um, but, um, you know, you just, it's good to have a player like that in the lineup. So 
hopefully it continues and hopefully he's ready to uh, to you know step it up a little bit more um and uh and and be that guy yeah i think uh good oh, excuse me good first game back uh i do think that he it's funny you had said that about bringing the identity back because when i watch nick felino even just if it's at practice whatever <coughs> He reminds me very much of like a Mark Recchi kind of personality. You know what I mean? Like he gets you going. He'll chirp you. He'll, you know, drive you, however you have to do it, you know. Uh, but really gives a, really cares about all his teammates. And he's there to like want to do his role the best he can. And it's unfortunate that he was injured a little. But I think he's got that identity that was kind of the sweet spot with the Bruins, right? Toughness, but also offensive skill we that used to be our identity right yep. good defensively tough a little a little bit tough but not too rough that you're like always in the box kind of rough right big body in front of the net kind of guy you know move people out of the way kind of guy he it's it's just interesting you said that because i was actually thinking like he hopefully can help us remember who we are or whatever we're gonna be or figure that out because it was nice to have him back, but even just his physicality, he had like a bunch of hits and just being there, leading by example and getting out there because that is one thing that we can all complain about is the physicality of this team. Not that they can't be physical, but that they just don't get physical enough when they need to, you know what I mean? And physicality, again, doesn't mean, although you can have a fight, that's one way to be physical, or you can just push somebody off a puck every now and then or whatever, not turn well, the puck over. Or, or follow through and commit to your hits. Right. Like, exactly. Like that, that's again, there are many ways to be physical. That doesn't have to be 1975 hockey. Okay. Although I do enjoy some 1975 hockey highlights. <laughs> All right. So Nick Felino, glad to have you back. Candy corn King. Uh, oh, the so, past, past, past the neck. I still, I still watch those behind the bees. Uh, yeah. repeats all the time and pass the act just looking at him like, dude, this is terrible. I love the way he looks at it. <laughs> he's like, he's like no, no, it. take it in. Take it in. It's sugar. It's awesome. He's like, no, 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 this is bad. <laughs> he's like, dude, I grew up poor, real poor. And I'm even, I don't want to invest in this candy corn. No, my yeah. dad loves candy corn too. And like, I like candy corn. Like I can have a handful or two, but it's not like my to go candy. Like I'm going to eat oh. a whole bowl of it, but my dad loves some candy corn, probably because, like you said, it's straight sugar dyed into lovely fall colors. Um, <laughs> all right, so the last we talked, we were a little worried about Patrice Bergeron. And then last week, we were going to talk about, like, well, goddamn, Bergie showed back up, four-goal game, blah, blah, blah. And now I'm in a weird place because although production-wise, Bergeron seems to be there, some of those other Bergeron things about Bergeron still seem to have gone cold again. What say you, Mark, all right about captain? Are we still worried about his health? Is he maybe just having a off couple oh, weeks? I mean, he's allowed to. Yeah, I know. He's human. Uh, St. Patrice is, is amazing. Um, the, it was a little worrisome to start the year. It was almost like he was fighting through something uh, injury-wise, and we brought it up too. It's just like you know, whoa, what the hell is wrong with Bergie? We 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 weren't uh, you know clamming to trade him to demote him or do anything like that, but we were more a little bit concerned about one of our inspirational leaders on this team on and off the ice, and um and how he produces on that first line because uh, if you're going to be a first line player, 
you have to be point productive. It's just, I mean, if you're not, you need to move down the lineup to, to create opportunities for um, uprising and promoting other players that might have a little bit more in their step. Well, guess what? We said that, and bam, Bergie all of a sudden wakes up with, for a full goal game um, the week that we didn't do the podcast last week. So, And he's yeah. continuing. I mean, he's pretty much on a little bit of a hot streak right now and shutting up, shutting us all up, I guess. I have a... <laughs> mm, yeah, he did. But he, then, like I said, though, he seems to... He did shut us up, though, and I thought it might have even been that day. Didn't they play maybe like later that day oh it must have been the monday or something i can't remember that was a while ago but yeah we're i was like all right well patrice heard us thank you yeah. like you're looking all right that rest we talked about having the time off remember because it was the gap game we're like oh like the rest would go be good for him oh yeah it looked awesome and now i'm just i'm worried about him in the long haul not because i don't love him or he's any it's just i feel like this is the kind of thing we see from Bergeron when you get to March, when he's a little more worn down over the season and, uh, you know, he's trying to get to his playoff place. So that does still consider to concern me. That being said, he's Patrice Bergeron. He'll probably today when we play at one o'clock, he'll probably score four more goals because we're talking about it right now. That'd be awesome. That being, that being said, we're doing a bonus pod later in the day for you to tag on. That's just like breaking news. Patrice Bergeron is still Patrice Bergeron. <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah so let's circle back to coach cassidy um you had mentioned how he called out himself and his coaching staff too like um to be fair he calls you know coaches call out players but bruce cassidy who always kind of says whatever's going on in his head usually in a aggressive but very polite manner um called out himself and his coaching staff my response to this, Mark, before you say, you know, you can say a little bit about what he was talking about, but is, okay, cool. But what are you going to fucking do about it? Like, you're still the head coach, right? So I'm glad you recognize, though, that maybe some of the things you guys are doing and they're forward thinking guys on that bench, you know what I mean? I think they'll work out their own problems, too, because how can, ultimately, it comes down to coaching, right? They say that structure of team all of that so anyways anything i mean and i have full faith that they can get it together just like i feel like the team will get an identity i don't want anyone to say oh, there's coach cassidy no i'm just saying he did call him own self his own self out so he knows it too no one's being unfair go ahead Mark. yeah but what i like about the whole thing is is he mentioned it and he made it public it not only do the the players on the ice and and, and what they do out there have to be accountable for their actions. But he also said that the coaching staff has to take a step back and reevaluate themselves too. Um, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, but it's, it's like what you said, it's what, what are we, what is this Boston Bruins team going to do moving forward from that? How are you going to, um, you know, take a look at the landscape for the future and how to be better, how to be better prepared for games when you have multiple days off. That is one of the biggest things that I have a problem with. When we have a week or four days or three days even sometimes, this Boston Bruins team is hardly prepared for that. I want to be more prepared because obviously the when the schedule, the, you know, the schedule – this season as it continues it's going to be more jam-packed with like game every other day uh, opposed to now where it seems like we're we're one every 30 days um but you know everybody's going to be better on that bench including the the uh the three members that are standing and uh given direction so um good on him to call it out but now just like just like um any superstar that 
that t- puts a ton of shots on that and skates really hard, but it's, it's how you finish. It's how you finish and you, you, you create those goals, whether it be on the score sheet or in personal, um, in, in your personal lives and in, in your jobs and so on. It's how you finish and how you get it done that I want to see. It's the results. Yeah. In the end, that's what it is. I, I agree with you. The one thing I do like, one thing I do like about Cassidy is that he is very public with what he says and does. I mean, I'm sure there are things that he handles behind closed doors, but when it comes to big things, especially things everyone's complaining about, whether it be Jake DeBrusque, whether it be goaltending, whether it be whatever, whether it be coaching, I think everybody just needs to reassess. It's like we're transitioning, but part of transitioning is figuring it out, right? And it, I just hope we can figure it out in the next month or so before it might be too late to figure it out because there are some teams that are just steamrolling, eating up points at the top half. And we're very used to getting a lot of points in the first half and that helps us. So when maybe you get tired or you break down or the uh, schedule gets compact, like you said, is always gets more compacted for us at the end, you know, we can rest a little on the success at the beginning. And now it's making me a little nervous because we've already played an eighth of the games. We've got a back-to-back today, New Jersey tomorrow versus Montreal. Then we have, I think, one game and then like no game for another four days or something. I I have it written down. We'll talk about it when we get to it. It's just the schedule sucks and I understand that, but I'm glad that the coaching staff knows that they also need to figure their shit out to be able to help the players figure their shit out. You know, I think we used to talk about this with Claude Julian sometimes, like at some point though, the players do have to bear responsibility because the coaching staff cannot physically go out there and play the game for them. But that being said, coaching staffs also can make changes because they are too. Me, they are one of the most important contributors to what's going on, you know? So whether that is not just reactory changing lines or defensive pairs, but actually having a plan for like, okay, say we're in the second period and this starts happening. Yeah. Letting chemistry happen, but also you can't force chemistry. You can't be in denial that some chemistry isn't seemed to be clicking. It hasn't been seeming to click off. So yeah, hopefully they work on that. And uh, hopefully we get you know, I mean, we're not playing horrible. That I think the whole thing is we're not playing horrible, but we're not playing great. And that's yeah. the most frustrating thing. I'm so, I don't want, that's my worst nightmare is being the mediocre Bruins again. That was the worst time. Sucking was one thing because it was like, who cares? You just take out everyone else and try and mess up their playoff situations. And being really good is great. But being mediocre is frustrating. And I don't like it very much. No, sir. I don't like it. Thank you. All right. Um, um, when are we uh, talking about the uh, upcoming games? Uh, that's in a little bit after the break. There were just okay. a few little things that you and I had both kind of come up with that I thought we could take care of before we go to the half. Um, okay. There's still time before that one. Uh, I guess, too, I just generally want to – this isn't even just about team for defense, which we know is a hot mess, but what – it is still till March, till the trade deadline, and that's great. But this defense is still not good enough. And last year it wasn't good enough. But last year it was a shortened season. You had a few rookies thrown in there trying to hold it together. This season we purposely went out, got defensive people, you know, got a defenseman that was supposed to fix things. We're supposed to rely on some of our younger members, you know, Providence, you know, the Cliftons of the world or whatever's a Boral every now and then, whatever it is. Can this defense be good enough, Mark? Can it? I don't think it can. 
I think what we see is what we're getting. It can be tighter. It can be a little, you know, cleaner. But I don't think this defense is like a playoff defense at all. I don't. I don't know how you feel about that. No, um, it's this uh, Boston Bruins defense is just getting way too exposed. Um, the the videotape of every opponent coming in uh, to TD Garden or on the road. Uh, finding ways to to capitalize on on us and um there's something that does have to be tightened up i'm not overly sure about how to address it because we know that general manager don sweeney hasn't in the past really been that go-to guy when you want to make a, a a trade at all or you know one of those spontaneous like hey things aren't working we need to make it a move now and and that's the kind of time that i really want them to do it is is like if you need to make adjustments to your roster, you do it now and not later on when your chemistry line is going to be a little off when you don't have that much uh, time to work with another member or group. Um, you know, when you in March or when the trade deadline happens, uh, is it March or is it February? It's March 21st this year. Well, it's kind of late. Something like that. I know it's All like right. a weird time. Yeah. I'll look down. But, um, but anyway, it's it's uh the defense is definitely concerning. Uh, there's really no um complementary pieces right now in the developmental system to bring up and kind of take a spot for somebody. Um we haven't seen much of Jakob's Borl. Um so it, there's really nothing there. I think that you're right, Nether. What you see is what we're going to get, and that's something that this team needs to uh, find better direction on is tightening everything up, be more defensive-minded, and and your your IQ in your own zone has to be increased uh, because your your turnovers and your and your your, your passing decisions are are uh, a little few and far between. It's just the, the, these are times that could cost you big games later on in the season and even in the playoffs, if you actually make it. Yeah. No, the trade deadline is March 21st, 3 PM. You know why? Cause the Olympic pause this year. I bet. Oh, that's right. That's why I got pushed back. So they pushed it back because they're just coming back if they do get to go, uh, which they're probably going. I mean, people are being appointed to teams. Sorry. I don't mean to have dry throat. I'm starting going there, but um, yeah. So yeah, I agree with you that that's part of the problem is we're more of an at the trade deadline team rather than saying, you know what, sometimes you can wish and hope and pray all you want, but things aren't working out. Now, I'm not burning the house down, but this defense and it's just it's really making me nervous, especially considering how defensively as a team we've been struggling, like in an overall sense. Um, OK, well, let's see. We probably get another one in here before we go to break at least cassie calls him out oh yeah this is my favorite uh actually just a quick stop with the stupid penalties that's it that's the that's the topic but just mark and i say stay out of the fucking box over stupid things that and there are plenty of things that we should have been called on lately that we weren't i'm talking to you taylor hall and other people like you there's some things we could have been called on and end up in the box even more so stop with the dumb penalties but, How convenient but, about that freaking siren, huh? When you just started going through that. I, I was like, wow, that's pretty freaking great timing. <laughs> but the last actual topic I thought we could talk about before we go to break a little bit is dun 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 goaltending controversy week 375 on the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. We got a two-parter. A, how do we feel about our goaltending through a few weeks? Right now, we're just going to assess them every 
you know, we both believe that they 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 can be good together. Uh, so, but we can assess them. But part two is, oh my God, Tuka Rask was at the Warrior working out. He had a white practice jersey on that said both the Bruins and the worst. What's that Elmo gift that's like? like yeah, that's, it's like everything's on Elmo. fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. Twitter was certainly funny after that happened. I'm not sure who was the media uh, personality that was in the building that uh, actually took the video of Tuka Rask being at the Warrior Ice Arena getting some work in. Um, but yeah, that set everything ablaze because people are worried about him uh, coming back to the lineup because they're Tuka haters and um, they just have no lives. And um, or the, the new shiny toy, people are like, oh, if he's coming back, Swayman's going down. Or, or then you get the unrealistic folk out there that are like, well, can we trade Allmark now? Uh, or can we can we uh, waive Allmark to send him to Providence? Um, that was a hot take. That was not even a hot take. It was a not even a lukewarm freaking take. That was an icy cold, out of the Arctic Ocean take. You don't trade. I mean, you don't you don't send a goaltender down to Providence that makes five million dollars and uh, four more or three more years to go. Yeah. kind of ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, I don't I, I don't see the controversy here at all. Um, especially with the uh, the news that Tuka is back on the ice and he's getting warm-ups. Um, keep in mind for the folks that haven't been, um, you know, privy to the situation that Tuka Rask is, is practicing before main practice, after main practice. And if I'm not mistaken, he's renting his own ice. So um, let's not get crazy on this just quite yet. Um, he just got back from surgery. And he's on the ice very early, which is a decent size a sign for a goaltender. But also, it's it's um it's a little early in the process of how that hip is going to work out. Here's my belief before we go to break. My belief is is he's getting these early reps in uh, now, and I think that the Boston Bruins are going to really really evaluate his pro his his um recovery um as he might even be a member of team finland for the uh, for the olympics coming up so that might be a, uh, the catalyst that the bruins say listen if you do well and you don't get injured in in the olympics and we're still kind of you know meh on the goaltending there might be an opportunity that he signs so i mean that that could just you know be more of a less like a like a preseason type of uh, game, you know, and and why not use that as an evaluation tool? Because that is world-class talent on every team that's involved in the Olympics coming at you uh, real fast, real fast. So you never know if he, if he does really good and Jesus, you know, Finland wins gold, who knows while he's in, while he's in, uh, in the crease. Um, you never know uh, how things can turn around in the, uh, in the blue paint this year for the Boston Bruins team. The thing I'm sick of hearing, people, we can't trade Tuka Rask. He is. We don't even. We don't even. Free he's agent. not even under contract. He's yeah, only trade in the free agent. Currently, he's only in the Bruins jersey because that's his practice jersey. He has like he's not going to go buy another practice jersey to work out. You know. Also, everybody's well, wearing Bruins paraphernalia or Pride or Warrior paraphernalia when they're in there because that's where they are. But. If one more person says we need to trade to Karask, we cannot trade to Karask. That ship sailed on like July 8th, whatever, before the Seattle thing to even trade his rights. Now it's all about Tuka. 
That being said, it's the same situation as with David Krejci. They are not signed on NHL contracts this year. They can't just sign and just magically reappear on hockey teams. Like that's not, the rules don't do that. Now, again, I'm not quite sure what the rules are. I don't know if that's, it's just for the season and next year they don't have to because they could be like a professional invite or something like no, that. Do you know so, what I mean? So, like, so how it goes right now. So they, right? Just like crazy, David Krejci, David Krejci playing over in Europe because he went to Europe and played one game. He has to go through the waiver process. Right. Now, Tuka Rask is a free agent and didn't go over to Europe. So he doesn't. Right. I just didn't know if there were any rules because he was on the IR or whatever. You know what I mean? Like no. he was injured. That's what partly too why. I mean, because honestly, Tuka Rask could have signed anywhere this whole time with somewhere else. Like he's just. True. Everyone's in a holding pattern. That being said, Tuka said he would play for a bunch of beer. So that's about all we can afford to give you. Because although we have some money, we might need some defensemen more than we need another goaltender. I'm just saying, yeah. I mean, I would ask for more Bud Light than that, buddy, because that's just my take on Bud Light. Basically, going to ask for a beer, ask for a uh, respectable one. Jesus. Something fancy. Or at least something that sounds fancy, like Stella et toi. (laughs) Speaking of respectable, speaking of respectable, let's fucking take our uh, mid-show break right here and uh, listen to the awesome words from our friend over at Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. His name is Bruce Sullivan, and he has fantastic stuff that you could buy for Christmas, birthdays, or just spice up your fan cave. He's got autographed jerseys, autographed pictures, autographed pucks, Ray Bork. He was with the legend Ray Bork last weekend on November 6th, and he got some awesome stuff. And I actually bought two helmets that are signed by Raymond. Uh, So um, super stoked about that. But let's hear what Bruce has to say and and has for sale because his prices are awesome. They are so cheap. It's unbelievable. So let's hear from him, and we'll be right back. Hello Bruins fans, this is Bruce from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our Black and Gold Memorabilia Moment of the Week. On November 6th, we hosted Bruins Hall of Fame legend Ray Bork. We have just a few pieces remaining, including premium autographed white throwback jerseys for just $139 delivered. This week we are featuring exclusive memorabilia from our private signing with Bruins legend Johnny Busick. Get a dual-inscribed JSA-authenticated Busick jersey in white, gold, or black for just $79. Get the 1970 All-Star jersey for just $109. Add a JSA puck for $34 or a photo for $29. For more information on our dozens of Bruins hand-signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Or email us directly at bostonsportsandmusic at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go! All right, Beast fans, we are back. We just heard from the awesome Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. And he's got some fantastic stuff, as I've said before. But... 
do yourself a favor and go and get in touch with him. Send him an email and ask him what he has in his inventory. Go to the Facebook page and subscribe to that and subscribe to his group. If you share something, you automatically get drawn into a weekly drawing, which you win free stuff. So it's awesome. He's awesome. And we purchased uh, three, four new jerseys for the next couple months. So we have a Rick Middleton that we're giving away this month. Uh, I'm not sure about the date on that. I forgot to write it down, but it's not going to be this week. It's going to be next Sunday. Um, we also have an Andy Moog signed hand, hand signed Jersey, a Don Marcotte hand signed Jersey. And the other one is a Terry O'Reilly hand signed Jersey. So we have some really fantastic stuff that we can be given away in our own Patreon stuff. So, and we got it from Bruce. So please do yourself a favor and get in touch with him. All right, Heather, let's get back to it as we try to wrap this up before the uh, Boston Bruins play the New Jersey Devils. All right. So I had sent out a Twitter poll because um, I saw a little bit of melting down as always going on after no. we went to the Oilers. And I just no. want to, sometimes you just got to give people a minute. I want to know what like, you know, people think not just in the heat of the moment. And so I had tweeted out just, Hey man, how are we actually feeling about this team? The options were burn the house down. Everything is fine. Please make it stop and getting a little worried. I'm glad to report that 60% said just getting a little worried. That means that six, at least 60% of the fan base is still holding it together pretty reasonably because we should be a little bit worried, but you know, uh, 10% said burn the house down, but some of those people have probably wanted to burn it down for three years now. Um, everything's fine. I'm surprised that 17% said that because every, everything is not fine. It, it's not fine. <laughs> like in some parts are not fine. It will be fine. That's different, but currently, but, uh, please make it stop 13%. I personally, myself hover between getting a little worried and please make it stop because it's the same things every time. And it's the lit definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Uh, that's just it. But we did have a, a little bit of comments on that. I'm not going to say names or whatever, but uh, starting to get a little bit worried. Things may need a little shake up to get the message across, need more from the middle six. The D is what it is. Need Linus to find his or Linus to find a rhythm. Agreed. Yes. I don't think yeah. it's just, I don't think all of Allmark's rhythm issues are just his fault, though. I do think a lot of that. Ha it's hard to get in a rhythm when your defense is sucking in front of you at, yeah. at times, like full on sucking, you know, like, you know. Okay. Uh, agreed with that. Uh, bad drafting, too small and not playing good to depend on and depend on one line. That's a gripe that a lot of people said. We should start swimming more. It's going to get better. They just have to find their bearings, which might happen mainly mid-season. I, I don't think we can wait till mid-season to find our bearings, so I have to, you know, a little on that. They'll come together, but I have quite a few new players on this team this season. They'll be fine. That goes back to what Mark's always talking about, too. Chemistry, right? This team has one good line. As usual, no size or physical toughness. That's a toughness thing. Um, we cannot move the puck out of our own end and take too many bad penalties. I agree on that. We need to clear the goddamn zone. We can't, it only, it only makes sense that you're going to get scored on a lot. If you are always, the pressure is always in your side. Someone said, this is not a contender, blow it up. And 
We also got a they suck. And it's really early in the season and we've had a shitty schedule so far. And I don't think that both Sweeney and Bush should be kept on short. They should be kept on short leashes, but I don't think it's time to make any drastic changes just yet. So I think overall, we're still holding at a pretty rational fan point stand. We know what it is, what it is. We're a team in transition. It's kind of shitty at times what we're seeing, but overall, we're still better off than some other organizations, even if we're not playing like we are better than some other organizations. Go ahead, Mark. Any thoughts on my little Twitter poll? I, I clicked uh, getting a little worried uh, because if, like I said in, in previous podcasts and even previous in this one, um, if you're going to make changes, the time to do it is sooner rather than later. So um, that's just where I stand on that. Good poll. How, how was the turnout, though? I got about 183 votes, which isn't bad. I only did it nice. 24 hours. It was just something that came yeah. off my head yesterday. I'm like, you know what? We'll just set it for 24 hours before I see Mark tomorrow. We're going to, yeah. now that everyone's had a good night's sleep and a second to breathe, we're going to pull. Uh, but yeah, thank you everyone who responded uh, to my weirdo thing. And I think I'm going to try and get back in my every other week or whatever. I'll end up sending a, it's usually when I start going down my own rabbit holes in my own head. I'm like, you know what? Instead of letting everyone bitch at each other about their thoughts and opinions, I'll just ask what the generalized category opinion is. Uh, yeah, so that. I know. <laughs> but at the same time, I play nice. And usually if people interact with me, they play nice. Except for you, you Nick Ritchie lover. I hope you're trolling someone in Toronto as we speak. Just kidding. <laughs> um, all right. So let's get back to seriousness. Agree or disagree? This team has no identity right now. Like no, yeah, we talked. To, we talked about it earlier. We talked about it earlier, and I, okay. I, I, I put my, I had my, my things about it. It's just, it's gonna get better. You're just gonna get, gonna play Boston Bruins hockey, and um, and the new, the new players on the team have to get uh, on board as well uh, sooner rather than later. We're really gonna turn things around for the, for the best because the games are starting to get, you know, like we said earlier, the schedule is gonna get more, uh, you know, uh, every other day. Uh, so points at a premium from here on out. Well, then I have a secondary question for you. What should or does the identity of this team need to be? Like if we're in construction, right, for a new era Bruins, and right now is the starting point because it is. There's no more half season this season, right? What do you think the identity needs to be of this team giving its composure right now in this NHL today? Defense. The defense has to be better. Moving forward, it's you have to buy in or you have to make changes. You're going to be put in a, a position when you're up against it, and um, you know whether it be a drastic change or one for the best. Um, that's where I, I'm going because I'm not seeing anything positive from the defense except for some complimentary members like Charlie McAvoy, who's you know coming into his own as a as a inspirational leader on this club, but also you know, a, 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 a Norris Trophy like nomination coming up soon for the next you know several years. So it, it I don't know. It's, it should be interesting to see how they're going to recover from this when it comes to the defense and what they're going to do to address it. Yeah, I I have this thing of, and we talk about this before. You can still be the big bad Bruins, but be the new kind of big bad Bruins. And within that is in this team. In this era, any team, you have to have a good combination of size and speed. 
you need to have everyone from top line to bottom line bought fully in that every, every you need to be a team like we used to be you know when nobody wanted to play us because every single line would smash you in the face whether it was part physical again and again physical doesn't mean you have to go fucking fisticuffs it can just be being physical like it's a physical sport you know right you need to get back to def defense that is the core of almost every identity in, in an iteration of the boston ruins in their history defensively sound like that just the style through the errors whatever we've had lines that rolled we've had the line we have now we've had the kraut line we've had all the boys from the stanley cups in the 70s and such but fundamentally the bruins are the best when they have four actual lines that menace everyone whether you're worried about getting scored on or you're worried about being able to score we don't have that anymore do you know what i mean like and we need to get back to our basics and hopefully like you yep. said maybe Felino can help kind of readjust that a little bit uh things like that but like there needs to be a meeting amongst the leadership and really sit down maybe back to what david backus had said about having meetings with the core having meetings with the coaches and saying this is what we envision that's what you're envisioning how do we get to the vision of ultimately winning because i don't think the team doesn't want to win i mean they don't have players of uh -huh, like no one's out there like uh -huh. they just seem like that because we know what they can bring and they need to know they can bring it so maybe that's the fundamental thing that needs to change they have to know where the boston bruins no matter who's on the ice no matter what people have walked people change things still remain the same we can't play 60 full minutes we play down to people or get, you know, heal. It is a chronic issue that the minute we score a goal within a minute, someone's going to score on us or two. Yeah. Right. It's yep. a chronic issue. So it can't be the Charas and the whoever's that before was the excuse. And it can't only be the Derek Forbort or whoever else's problem. It's everyone's problem every year. And we need to fix that. I can't, yep. you know, so, all right, that's it. But, um, can we play a full 60 minutes like tonight we're today and then like 45 minutes whatever an hour we're gonna play jersey just like generally can we play full 60 minutes like do we have the ability to play full 60 minutes i'm starting to worry like is it a chronic just our part of our issue we never play a full 60 really very rarely or can we not do it look at today's game as an example at one o'clock um the jersey's on a three I'm, i'll talk about it later but the jersey's on a bit of a streak and um they're but they're also lower in the standings um so you know you you is it going to be one of those games that you're going to be playing down to your opponent you know um we'll see what happens today and 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 what happens in that 60 minute effort but you know if, if they if they just come to play play that type of style that they do that uh, against teams that are lower in the in the standings then it's going to be a tough game you're not going to get a 60 minute effort but if they come out today with a purpose, they, a mission, let's get this done now. Let's let's turn this boat around. I want to see this team get that much better. I want to see them get over 500 a little bit further before my Thanksgiving um, feast when I eat so much in my face that I also just want to take in as much Boston Bruins information in my face to like see where we're going to be in the spring if we, if we even make the playoffs. So 
It's a tough one. That's tough what, one. I, I don't like us even saying if we even make the playoffs because normally that's, that's the question saying, now, though. I don't know where we'll land, but normally the question isn't it if we make the playoffs. Like I said earlier, we are currently three spots or whatever out of the wild card. Right. What in actual, you know, <laughs> like kind of situation? That's um, true. There you go. I'm trying to keep my potty mouth in check, but some things are making me want to say bad words. Um, but again, that is not anybody who's listening knows that we know this team can do it. We're just like the rest of the population trying to, we're kind of, I'm getting sick of we're waiting for fighting. it. Yeah. Waiting, waiting for it, it to happen. I know it. And then it happens and you're like, like the Bergeron scored the four goal and you're like, you feel the energy and everyone's a little pick perked up. And again, you know, whatever. Cause if you, you need to compensate somewhere, you can't always be mediocre in everything. Or this is what happens. You get a, a team with plenty of talent that should be, you know, I'm not right. saying we should be number one in the division, but there's no reason that we should be number six in the division either, besides not figuring it out. And honestly, if coaching, just like we talk about with players, make a trade, do whatever. If coaching continues to be a problem, I'm not saying get rid of Coach Cassidy, but Coach Cassidy might need to start assessing who's with him. You know what I mean? And like changes that way can happen too. You know, if that's what's happening before everybody. Yeah, but you also you also don't want to do that midseason. Those are off-season moves when I you're understand talking about that. coaching staff. Well, I understand that, but we it, we live in an NHL world where they just make up titles for people to be able to be development. Th th you know what I mean? You're just like you're now the senior vice president of uh, defensive drills or whatever. You know, kind of mean. You can get consultants. I thought you were talking about the coaching staff. No, not, that's not, something to assess. Not though, the I organization think. and management. Right. But still, the people that you're surrounding the coaches and the players with, that is something you can control and things like that. Maybe you need an outside consultant, not even if it's just like a bonding team, like figure it out kind of thing, you know, like a, again, like a reset. Something has Mike to be. Babcock's available. Mike, Mike Babcock gives out fabulous advice, right? Think Mike Babcock doesn't think to himself. I don't think people should listen to Mike Babcock more. Yeah. You know, I'm just saying. No. Okay. No. Okay. See, now you're distracting me. Now you're getting me out there. Um, you know what? I just wanted to do this. It doesn't have to be like an in-depth conversation. I, I was actually going to mention it last week about how uh, Brandon Carlo, I think, is showing tremendous leadership. So I have something to add on to that too. But I was going to mention it about how he gave the in the press conference his reaction uh, as a representative in the Players Association. Uh, about the Blackhawks. And it, that was the week when Batman and them were, you know, dishing out punishment or whatever. And he said, you know, it's unacceptable. Even in, in this, you know, the PA, people got to go if that's, you know, accountability all around. I, I think, you know, we always talk about like Brandon Carlo, he's still a young guy. He's only like, what, 25, 26. He's been around a long time, but he's still young. And this goes just back to the leadership that we've saying how like some of these young kids really have like, they're like, really becoming the men that we want and like to see them being. And this week, even he said after the Edmonton, that's probably the worst period of hockey I've ever played in my life. You know what I mean? Like the honesty. And that is something else that I think that the Bruins are known for. And maybe that goes back to identity is being totally honest. Like they're honest. Like the players are honest, you know, like if Marshawn had a shitty game and you asked him, he used to like snipe at everyone. Like, yeah, man, I know I was there. Like, you know, yeah, ask me stupid right. questions. How did it feel when we got scored on for the fifth time? Uh, you know, maybe that's not the most mature approach, but I like, I like that 
at least we know the problem isn't that they're not looking at their own selves for what the problem is and that everyone's willing to and everyone sounds like they are during their press conferences, understanding their part in the hot mess and how to fix it. That's just my thoughts. I don't know about you. And I just generally kind of, I mentioned Carlo, but you've seen the young leadership on this team. Yep. Seen him have the A a couple times, which is nice. Um, and you know, it's in his representation as, uh, as, uh, as the team's, um, you know, thing that you're talking about when, uh, the league, whatever you want to call it. I can't, I can't remember what you yeah, said. The, it, there, he's a player rep in the a player rep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Player that's, just, that's, um, that's a, that's a nice little step for him in his resume, you know, in the future NHL. So good on him. Yeah. So anyways, I just, it's good though that I just wanted to use that as an example of a leadership, but also that it's nice to see that the players themselves, you know, I'm sure everyone's getting a little frustrated, but I'm glad to see people understand like frustration doesn't get you anywhere. Like we need, we all need to do our part to figure it out. But I mean, you never hear a player in us, you know, usually hockey is like, well, it was a game and there was some games and you lost and sometimes you lose. Like that's usually what you hear in a press conference. So, um, all right. Well, Osterstein got recalled where, going to do prospect us update or your like Providence, whatever. Tell us a little bit about what's going on, things you've seen from players in Providence, other things. But before that, it's important to mention Oscar Steen got recalled because he will be playing in the Jersey game, assumedly. That's why he called up. I'm not quite sure. I haven't got to look at anything from this morning, but go ahead. What do you feel about that? Happy for Oscar Steen. Again, you know more about the overall performance of players like this. I like Steen. I think he's a fine player, but give us your yeah. knowledge on the Steen or whatever. <laughs> Oscar's a, a very good player um, and deserves this. I mean, in the uh, and he had five goals, five assists, and ten points in in um, I believe six games. I'm not sure about that, um, but um, deserves it. And obviously, that uh, with uh, Frederick going down, there's a roster spot that opens up on this Boston Bruins team, and and uh, he's going to get the uh, the call um, to the top twenty three. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting about the whole Frederick thing. Frederick's a left a left winger and a center. Um, Steen's a right shot, center, right wing. Uh, so you might see that versatility in a player like Nick Foligno or Eric Halla um, play different types of roles with the addition of Steen because you really want to put him on the right side, use that right shot effectiveness. Um, but uh, he's a fast player. He's going he's gonna to be a tenacious floor checker. A uh, little pain in the ass, I'll call him, but he's a pain in the ass with some skill. Reminds me of that Marshawn uh, back in the day when he was trying to uh, get in the lineup uh, to be that nuisance, but also uh, have a little bit of uh, offensive capabilities. Now, I'm not saying that he's going to come up here and, and, and do anything that he did in the American Hockey League in previous games, but he will add some uh, minor impacts to this to this team that the coaching staff and management really like to see on a regular basis from your developing core. This is his last year of his entry-level contract. I'm sure he's going to stick with the organization, possibly on another like a two-year, two-way kind of kind of deal. But also, I think that in a year or two, a player like Oscar Steen could possibly make the lineup full time um, as we cycle out some um, players that we have right now on the fourth and third line. So we'll see what happens. But um, solid, solid uh, call up. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I don't. I know some people like read more into things and whatever. That this goes back to us. It doesn't. It's not surprising, obviously, if Trent Frederick is not ready to go, and probably will not be even this weekend. It, that's what it looks like. Uh, but yeah, I mean, 
We always talk about you got to use your looks when you can, right? So even though this isn't probably him going to play him his way to stay up here on the big ruins, I mean, hopefully he brings it big. And like you said, you know, I mean, that's part of the identity of our whole organization, right, is to bring it when you need to, do your job, no matter what the role is that you're being asked to play or do, right? Yeah, it is interesting. Maybe this is good to shake up it a little bit, you know? Uh, obviously, it's out of necessity versus, you know, making the decision for the chemistry, but, you know, hopefully him coming up, you know, just even if you can help hold the fort down, maybe show the way a little bit, you know, like, cause that's the thing is like when Jack Stanika comes up, it's like, nice to have you glad we get new experience, but um, you also need to be effective when you're there. And I, he has time, but he's not. And Oscar Steen hasn't gotten to get as many looks, I think overall as some of those other, bottom six forwards over the last few years. So it's nice that to see him uh, getting more chances to be the person getting called up because how else will he be able to get the experience? He always gets buried. That's it. So exciting. We'll see what he can do. Um, obviously you get to see him a lot more and like, you know, I mean, I, I live through you, my friend, when it comes to those things, but um, yeah, so we'll see what happens. So that being said, I don't know if you're ready uh, to maybe lay just a little bit of knowledge on us. Just, you know, uh, you have your prospect podcast, so I'm not, you know, I mean your Providence podcast. I don't want to rain on that parade, but I do enjoy when you give Providence us Hockey Report. report. Yeah, um, I do enjoy when you give us a little bit of knowledge, and I think other people do, just a little short then about things that you've seen over the last week or two, uh, especially on Providence, obviously. But I know you're been, you went to Maine, you know, you've seen... You keep up with the Kardashians, if that expression, but in the hockey world. So anything you'd like to, sh you know, get a little rundown on? Obviously, you're in Providence right now. The floor yeah, is I am. I am in Providence covering the uh, covered last night's game, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, against the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, which was a 6-3 win. Um, what a game. Honest to God, what a game. Um uh, John Gillies, who was who's here uh, in Providence on a loan from the East Coast Hockey League, Maine Mariners, the new uh, Boston Bruins Double A minor pro affiliate. Um, I went up and saw him on October 29th up in Maine as a media member, and um, he played well. I mean, 40 minutes really played well back then. But then the third period, the Maine kind of Maine Mariners let off the gas a little bit. And let the uh, Trois Rivières uh, Lions get back into it and um, ultimately win two to nothing. But what he did in that game got some serious looks uh, in the Bruin, uh, the Providence Bruins organization because um, he was called up at, shortly after that. Now the guy, the South Portland native and former uh, national championship with the Providence College uh, Friars is in Providence working with the, uh, the, uh, the Providence Bruins and is three and Oh, he's got unbelievable, uh, save percentage numbers. I don't have him in front of me right now. Yeah. Uh, and a good goals against average. And, uh, he's, he's a 27 year old vet drafted in 2012 by the Calgary flames and, um, really making a story for himself. And I talked to Ryan Mujanel last night, the Providence Bruins head coach about the impact that he's making and, um, the story, and uh, even he's uh, really impressed. And, and I also talked about the leadership that he provides to a, a prospect like Kyle Kaiser, who's with the team right now. So 
But um, solid win last night. It was a real old style hockey game, in my opinion. They were, I, I think, there was six, seven, eight fighting majors. It was a Donnie Burke most of the night. Um, you know, of course, the uh, you know the the Boston Bruins uh, affiliate and the F- Philadelphia Flyers affiliate are going to have some a little bit of animosity towards each other. But what a game! Ian McKinnon was just unbelievable, uh, running around just you know, causing confusion on the ice and, and really being that physical presence out there. Um, Nick Wolf got into a couple of fights. It was just amazing. Uh, Zach Sinishin got a, a hat trick. He scored uh, two, two, uh, two goals. Uh, I believe one was shorthanded and uh, a power play. I could be wrong on that, but the third one was an empty net goal, but what a great confidence boost for him. And um, he's starting to get pick up on a roll now. So I expect his point production to, to get rolling pretty soon. Um, yeah, I mean, they play the Hartford Wolfpack tonight at the, uh, at the Dunkin' Donuts Center. I will be there again tonight. So I'm going to be covering that game as a media member. And, um, um, yeah, that, that's it for the weekend. So, so far. I know we're recording at a weird time. <laughs> like, so yeah, we're kind of in the middle of the weekend's action, but yeah, Mark, listen to all of Mark's updates from the Providence. On- yeah. The, the Providence hockey report is probably going to be back sometime this week. It's been a, it's, it was a week last week. I just didn't have any time to do anything with planning my trip here. And um, you know, the logistics of everything kind of got a little the best of me and I just pushed it out till I couldn't do it anymore. So apologize for the no podcast on the um, Providence hockey report, which is now up on Apple iTunes and Google podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all the, all the places you can listen to. So I'd certainly support it. I appreciate if you'd subscribe to their five-star rating, of course. And also um, um, please give a follow at AHL, Bruins report. Sounds good. And that's where you'll get the nitty gritty, but still, I'm still going to get Mark to give us a little bit every week on this week. Well, uh, for those of you who are inclined, just one last reminder that the Sean Thornton biography comes out, uh, you know, with Dale Arnold. So I guess it's not a full autobiography, but uh, that comes out. So Amazon or actual bookstores, if you're someone like me that likes to have a book in your hand, that comes out on Monday. Should be an interesting story. He's an interesting cat. So, uh, and now we are going to talk about the upcoming games. Uh, as we speak, it is Saturday the third. Oh, were you going to say something? Saturday the 13th, uh, we're going to play the New Jersey Devils today, Mark. Uh, And tomorrow we play the Montreal Canadiens on the 14th. So when you guys hear this, we probably will have already completed those games. But uh, I just didn't know if you had any. Uh, My only thoughts on the two upcoming games is, one, I fucking hate Montreal. So I would love for us to win like 8-1 to on Montreal and make me feel better. Uh, But two, you just, you have to win this weekend. You have to and if you don't win, you have to at least show you know you need to win. It'll be interesting. We've got uh, Steen, you know, is coming up in the lineup, things like that. We don't know. Maybe they'll sh- – well, depending on today, we'll depend on if they shake it up a little. Well, tomorrow. I have information. I have information to share right now. So the Boston yeah, Bruins yeah. Uh, just tweeted out that uh, Coach Cassidy says Carson Coleman will go into the lineup today for Craig Smith. This afternoon, Oscar Steen could get into tomorrow's lineup against Montreal. All right. So Steen's arrival in Boston is a little unsure when he's going to actually play any games because that's just the um, the tone I'm getting from that tweet. 
All right. Well, do you have any um, thoughts, stats, ideas uh, about this game yeah. coming up first? New Jersey here, who obviously yeah, is so, in the Metro Division. Yeah, so this is the first uh, matchup of the season between these two clubs. Um, the Boston Bruins and New Jersey Devils. Uh, the Bruins have a road record of 1-4-0. and oh, And uh, obviously they lost against the Oilers, which is an LS1. Um, but the Devils have a home record of 5-2-1, two, two, and, and they are in a three-game winning streak. Uh, Bruin Swayman gets a start. He is 3-2-1-0, goals against average, and a .906 save percentage. Not quite sure who's going to get the – it's probably out now, but um, who's going to get the call for New Jersey. Either it's going to be uh, Jonathan Bernier, who's 4-1-0, with a 2.55 goals against, and uh, .9. 10 save percentage or Mackenzie Blackwood, who was two Oh and one and has a 2.0 goals against the average and 0.945 save percentage uh, players to watch for the New Jersey devils. Uh, Nico, he sure has five points in his last five games. Uh, Bruins players to watch. Marshan has nine points in his last five games, which is pretty impressive. And uh, Patrice Bergeron has five goals in his last five games. So that's all I have for the New Jersey game. Uh, they're, well, you know, they're playing in the Pro versus Lindy Ruff and crew. I'm a little nervous because it's a um, matinee game. One never knows how it's going to be with uh, them. When they're done, Jersey plays well at home. They're 5-2-1 and one at home. So hopefully we can get a road win because we've been struggling on the road a little bit, a little more comfortable at home ourselves. So. And I feel like if we can win today, the momentum will carry tomorrow a little bit. And uh, there. So tomorrow we play our arch rivals, the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, I know everyone hates Toronto, but I will always, my hatred will always run mostly for Montreal more than anybody else because they are Montreal. But this is a big deal, I think, because Montreal and Boston haven't played each other in a couple years, right? Between the borders and the bubbles and the bears and lions and tigers. Oh, my. Uh, so are you excited? Are you excited for this Montreal game or? Yeah, uh, this is the first matchup since the 2019-20 season. Um, the Canadians have a road record of 1-5-0, which is encouraging because the Bruins are playing them at home. I'm assuming uh, uh, Lenius Allmark is going to get the start and goal tomorrow because Swayman goes today for this afternoon. Allmark has a 3-3-0 record with a 3.01 goals against average and a .903 save percentage. Um, the Canadians' goalies, uh, it remains to be um, known what's going on with them and who's starting tomorrow. But Jake Allen is 4-8-1 with a 2.86 goals against average and a .902 save percentage. And the backup goaltender, Sam Multibo, is 0-2-0 with uh, almost four goals against and under nine save percentage. So we hope we get that guy. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Canadians players to watch tomorrow is Nick Suzuki. He has four goals, five assists, nine points in his last five games. And that's all I have for the Montreal game. Yeah. Montreal, Montreal um, is struggling a lot more than I thought they were going to, but obviously they've had factors, especially Carey Price. And like you said, yeah. it. who knows what, you know, Deep there, but um, yeah, they're they're four and ten 
They're struggling and through 15 games. They're a 300% winning percentage. Jesus, I'd feel bad for them, but they're the Montreal Canadiens. But yeah. again, I think it all comes down to it doesn't matter who. Like, I just, I do enjoy when they lose. But like Nick Suzuki, like they have some, again, you can't just because Montreal is even below us in the standings doesn't mean crap. You need to go out there. They have guns. Nick Suzuki is just the top gun, but they they have some people that can easily. That's how they made it as far as they did last year in the in the playoffs. That's how they survived and kind of made a run for it the year before, even though they messed. So that's all I have to say is you, like Mark says, you have to play both games. Whether you're tired, back to back, the schedule's weird, you're struggling, figure it out because. Montreal can beat you tomorrow, just like New Jersey could beat you today. And hopefully we win both games. But if not, like I said, I'm just looking for you to act like you two want to win these games. And again, I think they do want to win, but this is how you figure it out, right? Figure it out and yep. adapt because playing New Jersey is nothing like playing Montreal, even the structure the coaching style, whatever. So here's to winning, hopefully. Yeah. And the uh, the last game we got to talk about is is a, almost a week away, which is absolutely ridiculous. The schedule just keeps freaking up. Um, but the uh, the Boston Bruins play the Philadelphia Flyers on the road on 11-20-21. The last game the Flyers um, this year won six to three. That was on October twentieth, twenty twenty one, and that was on the road. So expect the Flyers team to come. Um, Hot, hot and heavy. It seems like Carter Hart's starting to get his game together. Uh, Claude Giroux starting to get, um, you know, heated up, and Sean Couturier, and, and you know the complementary members of that Philadelphia Flyers team. Um, the Flyers' home record is three two and one at Wells Fargo Center. Uh, the Flyers' goaltenders, we, we don't know. It's it's a week away, but I'm going to mention them anyway. Carter Hart right now is four three and two with a two point three two goals against average and a point nine three one save percentage. Mountain Martin Jones, uh, uh, a Boston Bruin for a minute, uh, uh, is three zero and zero with a one point six seven goals against and a ninety five save percentage. Uh, he's been uh, really good this year in in his kind of comeback tour, uh, but. Um, it remains to be seen if if uh, his awesome play lately can overtake uh, the young Carter Hart uh, moving forward for this Philadelphia um, on this Philadelphia schedule. But uh, Flyers players to watch at Claude Giroux. He has four points in his last five games, and Sean Couturier has two goals in his last five games. And that's all I have to say about the Flyers game. Um, Eighty days from now. Yeah, I know. Again, let's have another week. Like, they're worried about the Olympic shutdown. The Bruins have already had two Olympic shutdowns if you push them together this yeah. season. Um, well, I just want to mention, we'll preview it next week or whatever, because the game will be probably after we record next week. But we are playing another back-to-back. -back. So we play back-to-back, -back, and then forever and a day we play Philly. It's a back-to-back -back that weekend versus Calgary. At, and then we play Calgary at home or whatever, right? I think we come yeah. back from the and come home. We we'll, don't talk about the Calgary game, but again, like, so we need five days off to play a back-to-back, -back, or maybe we could yeah. play like Wednesday, Saturday, or something. Just it makes like, absolutely maybe. no sense at all. And the funny thing is, it's not like we're going. You know, it it would be one thing if you like cross the border and you had to have a gap just to make sure for like you know just double check for a three day, just make sure everyone has time for the team to assess. Yeah, speaking of that, yay, uh, Ottawa Senators, sorry, not to be off track, just 
with all the COVIDs and this and that. I'm like, why is it got to be the team that we just played this week? Like, why now I got to worry about if my team got breathed on by half of these guys now? It could be positive, false positives, whatever. But hopefully Ottawa Senators, you are healthy and things don't get like with the Vancouver situation last year kind of thing. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting. Freaking gap. Like, why does it have to be the gap? It's so annoying. So annoying. All right. Well, let's wrap up the last few Bruins things before we tap real quick onto the few things that we wanted to hit on in general. But anyways, some hashtag Ash BNGs. Some of these are funny. Chad always likes to send ones I think he imagines will make you either chuckle or be like head shaker. Uh, but we had some people uh, write in. So the Bruins um, Quest Cup 2021-22 uh, asks, is Stadnika a bust? I would say it depends on what you consider a bust. Do I think he has not maybe come to his own on a time schedule that I understand some people might not, you know, might be a little iffy on like, should it be happening or not? That being said, he's a valuable asset, but I do think we're nearing not just with him, but we've talked about this with some players where it's like, sometimes you got to move assets to get new assets or whatever you got to do. Cause there's only so many slots. Uh, but what, what say you about Jackson? I don't think he's all hot and heavy the way some people act about him, but I also don't think he's as shitty as other people want to pretend he is, you know? No, he's on his last year of his entry-level contract. He's not a bust. I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. And I'm not saying that he's the, uh, you know, needs to be in this lineup all the time, and he's he's a savior either. So he's just a, a prospect working his way on, trying to work his way onto the lineup with more consistency, but it just seems to be there's some pushback. Uh, seems like Coach Cassidy is is, you know, not overly thrilled with his production. So um, it remains to be seen, but not a bust. Yeah. Um, Buffalo Bob asks, when are the Bruins going to be a physical team again or beat a physical team? I don't know. It sounds like totally somebody good. that's uh, in the right. big bad Bruins era. So. But it says our defense are the enforcers. See, I read that more of like, our defense are the enforcers. Like, that's not good. Like, you know what I mean? Like this, because no one's being very good at enforcing. I mean, you could look at it from that perspective, too. And that's all just going to have to go back to figure it out. You can be fast, but you can be stand up, too. So I don't know. I don't know, Bob. I wish I could tell you. Um, this person said, where does Boston finish in the Atlantic and why is it fourth? Uh I don't know. I I don't. I still think we're going to land a lot higher, closer to what our expectations are for this team. But I do not feel maybe as confident about us being in the top three. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think uh, I think two or three is probably a good a good um good good thing to work on. Yeah, you still hold that they'll be in the top three. I think even so. Without us. All right. Well, we'll find out. Thank you for your question. Oh, I'm sorry. That was eye hockey. Uh, Chad, Chad asks, um, so when does Rask come back and how many games until everyone blames him? I just thought that would be a chuckle That's, one. Yeah. Chad Chad was uh, really involved in this uh, Ask BNG. So yeah, he, he does it too. Of, I a lot of fun ones. He likes to interact. I mean, everyone already, let's be honest. Everyone's already blaming Tuca for us losing now. So I vote it won't take any games because at least four of these losses have been Tuka's fault clearly this season. Just sure. out there. He abandoned his team with a busted hip. 
and had a stomachache once and has a family he cares about. You know, everything's Tukaraz's fault. Now it's his fault. Jeremy Swayman's career is going to be stifled for the rest of his life. All right. Um, you're going to love this one. Can they trade for Chara? That will solve the defense, right? Is that Chad again? I, yes. Um, no. <laughs> it. This is a funny one and obviously not trade for Chara, but goddamn, maybe we could trade someone for like a little bit of old school Chara, though that's similar, like, you know, we need a little more of that. We need more toughness. And again, it doesn't have to be in a nasty fighting kind of way. But sometimes you just need someone that the other team knows will kick your ass. You don't have to actually kick their ass. You can show them that by pounding them bit by bit by bit and wearing them down. So maybe not Char himself, although he's going to play till he's 105. So if defense isn't fixed by the trade deadline, let's trade for Char. He's only $750,000. We'll have enough for Tuka. Your thoughts? No, you hate Char. You don't even think it's funny. This one makes me laugh so hard because I love Coach Julian. Uh, should we bring back Julian? He won us a cup. What has Bruce done? Again, your friend Chad. Can you tell us what yeah. Bruce has done? Uh, nothing. Kidding, and we're not bringing back. We're not bringing back Claude. No, but there are some uh, coaching positions that are probably going to be opening up soon. So perhaps Coach Claude may land somewhere else, like Barry. Um, Barry Trotz. What am I saying? John Tortorella gets a sweet job. He's an analyst now, actually doing some funny things. And now he's like, hmm, well, I might be able to go back to coaching because this league and there's some things going on in this league. We'll get to it in a few minutes. All right. Um, so let's see. Uh, can we trade for some fighters? This team's too soft. Um, no. Who, who's We're it not going to trade for. Just Chad. We're just going. I just like to oh. read people's things. They were nice enough to respond. Miss Danielle asks, why doesn't Bruce put Jake DeBrus, Call, and Felino back together? They were the only ones that seemed to be forming chemistry and were scoring before Nick's injury. What is Bruce doing? We need scoring, right? I don't disagree with you on that, Danielle. Uh, but it was only one game back that Felino got back. Maybe we'll see that happen this weekend. Uh, because I think partly it's just some of the other like the top second line's been struggling a little here, there, and everywhere. I think that was part of Bruce mixing up the chemistry a little bit, you know. Uh, but I do think eventually DeBras Kala and Felino will end up back together, which I think will not be just good for Jake DeBras, but will also be good with Eric Kala because they seem to click very well as a team. Like back when we were like, we can't possibly break up, you know, two bottom for people that we picked up during a trade deadline. Did undone. It's the story of every year. All right, go ahead. What do you think? Are I think they, they should be put back together. together. I think they should be put back together and, and a little more chemistry, but that's also going to construe on uh, on how healthy this team is actually going to be. So, I have the thought of, I haven't particularly thought the bottom six are the problem. That overall... The fourth line's played all right, whatever the incarnation is. The third line's been all right. Maybe they haven't got as many um, goals or whatever, points or whatever that we're trying to get. But I really think it's the inconsistency of the top two lines. And whether that's because of injury, you know, whatever, chemistry, something we need to break up. Like you can't depend on your fourth line being the only line that looks pretty consistent uh, for what they do. So anyways, that's hashtag BNG. Sorry to 
it got lost in the shuffle over the week because I didn't do it last week. And anyways, that's it. You know, most of them were fun. We'll see what happens. I just appreciate people, uh, you know, answering because sometimes everything can't be all business. Sometimes you got to have a little bit of fun before we get to some topics later on, like you that are a little more heavy. Um, that being said, this is uplifting and heavy. Uh, I guess my last sort of Bruins related topic, uh, unless you have anything else that you wanted to add was please go support Nick Boos's Movember campaign. Uh, something near and dear to his heart. Uh, Obviously, it honors his father who passed away from prostate cancer. That's his campaign that he does for this month. And uh, I know that he's getting lots of, uh, you know, he's doing really well with the campaign. But still, please, it's on there. If you're not following Dump and Change, I'm sure it's probably pinned on there. Uh, we've been retweeting it. Everybody in the Black and Gold family has been retweeting it. But I ask you to please go. And even if you can't, five dot like help uh, Nick with his campaign this November. Thank you very much. Uh, that's that. All right. So, uh, Boston pride swept last week versus the Minnesota white caps. They take on the Connecticut whale this weekend, uh, double scarf day. I don't have it. Maybe I, Hey, if you see a Providence Bruins scarf, could you maybe get me one? Because I can't wear a triple scarf day. If I only got two scarves, just saying, asking for a friend, but, uh, yeah. So good luck ladies. Uh, Alex Ovechkin passed Brett Hull on the goal list. Now it only needs a bazillion more to beat Gretzky. What do you think? How high do you think Alex uh, Ovechkin is going to get? What do I, you don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he can do it. No, but still, Brett Hull, nobody to snub at. Also fun right. at uh, Stanley Cup parades. Um, shout out to – I just wanted to shout out that Caps goalie the other day, Zach, who got his first – uh, Yeah. Pakali, yeah, I was gonna thing. I was gonna say he got his not only his first uh, start, he got his first win and a shutout, which is, I guess, a hat trick for a goaltender because that's pretty awesome. So good for you, kid. Just thought that we could get out there. Um, all right. So this weekend is the Hall of Fame induction weekend. Uh, saw Jerome Ginla's thing, so we just wanted to say Jerome Ginla. I know, particularly for me, uh, but also Kevin Lowell, Doug Wilson, Ken Holland, and Kim St. Pierre uh, from the Canadian women's team legend, uh, but definitely Jerome. So excited. I love Jerome McGinley so bad. And uh, congratulations to all the inductees. I didn't know if you had any thoughts on Jerome McGinley or the hockey hall of fame uh, on this weekend. Yeah, it's uh, about time. Uh, COVID kind of ruined it last year, but it's good that uh, nobody's getting skipped over. There's still going to be a ceremony. It's just, it's just been delayed uh, pretty much a year, but um Jerome McGillan, you know, was brewing for a season, uh, 30 goal a year. Great, great campaign. Thought we were going to hang on to him, but unfortunately, no. Uh, the signing bonus was just too much to bear to keep him around. He had $5 million in signing bonus, which carried on to the following season's cap, so it just didn't work out. But uh, regardless, he was a Bruin and had an awesome season, so we have to mention him. Uh, but also we got to mention his career in Calgary and in a uh, short time in Pittsburgh as well. But uh, you know, he's a, he's a class act and, you know, just a player that was trying to chase the dream of raising Lord Stanley over his head. But um, congratulations on the, uh, the ultimate, um, you know, dream of being a, a hall of fame inductee. And I can't wait for the uh, ceremony. And I believe that's tomorrow night. I'm sorry, Monday night. Yeah, Monday's the last day. Of the weekend. Yeah, they've been doing all the other events 
this weekend down there. But yeah, congratulations. It's a big honor. No class this year because they combined the 2021 because as Mark said, everything got messed up with, uh, you know, the world situations over the last few years. Uh, but yeah, congratulations. Congratulations to everyone else. You got Stanley Cup winners. You got people going in GM things. You got Olympic superstars. You know, there's congratulations to the whole thing. Now, if we could just get Herb McCain in this uh, Hockey Hall of Fame, life would be, a, you know, accomplished. Yeah. So maybe for 2022, let's see. Uh, and Lanny McDonald and all them organize that. And that probably won't get there. Um, so I, this was just a quick mention uh, as... Other teams also seem to have hot mess situations going on. Uh, Ducks GM Bob Murray ended up resigning over allegations of improper conduct. Uh, and Jeff Solomon is now their GM. Uh, they're doing in, they hired an independent company to do the outside. Apparently he, allegations kind of in a summary are you're kind of a tyrant and treat people like the, and do very inappropriate things as a human and in your capacity as said GM or whatnot. So that's that a little shake up in the West. Any thoughts on that? I mean, that, I know that seems like the least thing happening with all the other things that have been coming out in this league over the last month and a half, but yeah. Um, don't have much information on it. So I really can't know that he checked himself into an alcohol treatment program, but that's all about, that's the only thing I really know about the whole thing. Yeah. So good that that happened. Uh, you know, it, to if he needs help to you know maybe this is starting the process uh, of sometimes our behaviors are actually just not the problem they are just the symptom of the underlying problem uh this is just a quick walk by because we didn't get to talk about it so Batman and daly gave like the press conference after the week that was like kyle beach's interview and all that can I just, yes or no, was that just making the situation worse? Like, was it not a shit show for a press conference for them? They, like, doubled down, like, the two million is yeah. funny. Okay, so, like, you know, just was... all around, I don't think they did well on themselves to make themselves look like they're serious or that they're owning any, what they need to do going forward. I'm sorry, that very, was just a hard Very, message. very hard to watch. Very hard to watch. Um, and I'm not, I'm not up on the, the, the whole lawyer thing and everything like yeah. that, but it was just, it was hard to watch. You feel like they could have done, and they most certainly should have done better given the press and what was happening that week and the importance of everything. But yeah, just, guy, this is why I fucking hate you, is you come out and, again, I understand there are some legalese things that can happen and there's a reason they have to talk. But still, like, you don't even sound like you have a soul. You don't. You're such a fucking robot. And... Some of this does fall on you, no matter when you found out about it, because you guys are at the top. So the culture, whether the teams can only control their individual culture, but a culture of a whole organization rests on those above. And when you sit there and can rationalize the two million being plenty of a slap for this giant thing that has happened in your sport, your league, the organization, how it impacts everybody else and how it certainly affected uh, Kyle Beach and others, you know, John Doe number two and the kid in Michigan and who knows how many other friggin' people besides the intern, you know, that's only four people that we know of. And your response is, okay, so the devils can lose a couple draft picks and get a heftier fine, whatever, but two million's fine for bringing down literally the apocalypse into many people's worlds, you know, like, I don't, fuck off. <laughs> I just had to say that. Okay. Uh, but on the good news, Jack Eichel is free from Buffalo. He's even had his surgery yesterday. 
recover, you know, all went well. How do you feel? Are you happy for Jack? I think he's a Vegas Golden Knight now. It's, it's about time it's over. The drama is finally over. Jack Eichel has been freed and has a home. And you know what? The Sabres aren't looking like, I mean, maybe it's good for both. Maybe it was time to part. Maybe, I mean, I, I know having a superstar like Jack Eichel was definitely impeding Buffalo from being able to be successful. That's sarcasm. He had but, the surgery. He had the surgery the other day or yesterday, I believe, yeah. and it was successful. Yeah. So he's on his, um, he's on already on his uh, recovery, which I think they said would take uh, four months. Yeah. Maybe he'll be on Team USA. Yeah. Bummer. No, I'm just kidding. Obviously, he's trying to work to get back his professional career. But see, these things can be solved with a little bit of ingenuity, you know? So I overall am just happy that he's – you still have to go on the path to recovery from your injury. And I'm glad that the standoff of the whole thing is off for his health-wise because even if he never plays – played another hockey game again he's still a young dude that can't have a messed up neck like it's just doesn't even make sense you know so i don't know but i i think they maybe need to reassess in the contracts of how teams can have total control over a player's decision making on many health things when they are ultimately a human being that should have a little more leeway but again i don't that's on the players and the owners and whoever that negotiate the uh, bargaining agreement. So we'll see what happens. You know, everyone always makes it in response to whatever new rules are made in response. So we'll see how that goes the next round. Well, I guess that's the end of the topics for today. So as always, I want to say, please rate and review the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast wherever that you listen. We appreciate it. Especially review it. Five-star, five-star rating. I don't care what you say in the review, but I'll certainly read it if you put one there. Uh, and also, please go to blackandgoldhockey.com. Follow all the writers. There's always good content up there. And the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast Network of Families, of which there is on and off about 14 right now. That's our show, Dump and Change. Please, again, Nick Boos's Movember campaign. Uh, Beehive, Puck Lines, Halts on Hockey, Causeway Kings, The Short Shift, Don't Poke the Bear, Hub of Hockey, Lindra of Hockey Podcast, Third Line Grinders, who just put out another one. Uh, new members, Black and Gold and Teal Podcast. They're on, like, number three. Uh, the AHL Bruins Report, which is Mark's uh, pros uh, Providence Bruins Report uh, podcast uh, tagline. So if you look it up by the name of the podcast, it is under AHL Bruins Report. And that is the 14 members of the Black and Gold podcast team. That's all I have. Awesome. And we are looking for no, uh, more podcasts to join our network. So if you want to work as an individual or as a team with some friends or family, please get in touch with me at Black and Gold Productions LLC at gmail.com. We're also looking for writers, more writers. Um, so always trying to keep that content train going. Uh, we do have a Patreon account that we would do want to talk about before we end the program. Uh, please go to patreon.com slash black and go hockey podcast, donate $1 and uh, you'll be involved in weekly uh, Boston prize giveaways and monthly, our monthly Jersey hand signed Jersey giveaways. So a um, dollar is, is cheap. We probably, we only do uh, four episodes a month, so it's a very small investment, but it helps us out. Uh, this week's winner is uh jen jen morin and she just became a patreon uh contributor so we truly appreciate her support and um 
I support uh, that she gives uh, everything that I, I put out on the social media. So she's really cool. And thank you, Jen. So congratulations, by the way. All right. With that being said, um, I'm checking out from Providence, going to get ready to watch this Boston Bruins game in about 20 minutes. So thank you very much, Heather. Thank you very much for listening. We truly appreciate it. And uh, like it's like she's like Heather said, please go and rate and review the pod on, on your um, listening platforms. We definitely appreciate that. And thank you very much for sharing, listening and, and everything else. So that being said, I'm Mark Alvarez. That's Heather Ingerson. We will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Thanks again for listening to and supporting the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.